0: Welcome to Hope Church Winter Garden. This week's podcast is part of our Jesus Is series. Week three of Jesus is a series on the question, who do you say that Jesus is? We're really, 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 really glad that you're here today and um, you look good. And you know what I always say, looking good's half the battle. You know what I'm saying? Some of you guys got up, you put extra time in today and I'm proud of you. You look good. You looked in the mirror before you got ready. Everyone did that, right? Right. Most of you did. You look good. Um, I love this place. Um, I I love West Orange High School. I love Winter Garden. I took my, uh, my my wife left me for two days um, this week. And if you're married to me, you lose me, you leave me for two days as well. And uh, she left me and she got away with some ladies and hung out. And uh, I took my kids to downtown Winter Garden to Scoops. Have you ever been to Scoops? Yeah. Yeah, you guys got, you guys almost went Pentecostal for Scoops. Some of you guys almost started speaking in tongues when I said Scoops. Um, I love that place. Um, and you know, and it's one thing to go to Scoops by yourself, and it's nice and peaceful and quiet. But it's another thing to roll in there with a double wide stra- a double wide stroller. I walk in there, with my two my two one year olds. That's weird saying I got two one year olds because I didn't adopt one. God gave me two at one shot. We have twins, and so I roll in there with my twins. and Everyone's like, "Poor guy." And I'm like, "I yeah, I know." Buy my ice cream, you know, like I, I, they people look at me like like you're weird, and um, I just I just like this place. And every Thursday I come up here and I help. Um, a bunch of ladies, I help the quarterback club here um, at the school, um, help them dish out food. And really, I don't dish out much food at, this, at the lunch. I really talk to all the ladies. I, I fit right in because I'm a talker. So there's a bunch of ladies talking, and then there's me just talking with them, you know, And until the conversation goes, like, ladylike, and I, like, I, like it gets awkward. I just turn and walk away as quick as I possibly can. I'm like, I'm too young for this, you know. And so, uh, but man, I just love helping out. I, I love serving this place, and um, this is our home. And so I like being here on the midweek, but I like coming here on Sunday mornings for church also. And, uh, this is, this is our place, man. We, we feel like this is our, we feel like we rent the school out to the, we rent this building out to the school. <laughs> we just like being here. It's just, it's just a good place to be here. And, um, if you're part of the school, man, we're glad you guys are here today. Um, the, the drama, uh, and the, and they just finished their production, uh, Mary Poppins and they did a killer job. My, my wife and my kids are still talking about it and he must've been there. And, uh, it, it was awesome, and, it, and then you walk out. I, I come on Friday nights to the football game, and our football team is good. Our production team is good, and we just have a really, really good school. I saw an article this week about how crowded this school is, and um, I saw kids saying we like it. And uh, I went to a school, a Christian college, that was a lot smaller than this high school, and I just we just like being here. We just really, really like being in this place, and so man, we're really glad you're here. And um, for whatever walk of life that you're in, you don't have—we say this at our church—you don't have to believe what we believe to belong here. You can come every week and hang out with us. We just will be your friend, and uh, we, you don't have to sign a covenant. You don't have to dress like us, act like us, or talk like us, because it's weird. And uh, you can just come every week. And we all, we also say this every week at our church that man, everyone in this room has something. We call it either hurt, a habit, or hang up. Everyone's got something. The Bible calls the Bible uses the word sin. We use the words hurt, habit, hang up. None of us are perfect. And so if you come to this church, there's no perfect people allowed. If you're perfect, you will hate this church. Because um, there's no perfect people allowed. We make it awkward if you're perfect. You know, we, you'll leave, you know. And so um, we're really, really glad that you're here today. And we opened up a series called Jesus Is. And um, <clears throat> I, I love this. This, is one of my, this will be one of my favorite series because all we talk about for four weeks long is Jesus. And really our church, we're a Jesus church. I, someone messaged our Facebook uh, page last night and said, are you guys non-denominational? And I, even, I, I used to think that was cool to be non-denominational, but now I hate that too. Because it's like another form of rule or some, what is that? Like if you're non-denominational, that means something. And now I'm just like, you know what we are? We're a Jesus church. And that probably sounds cultish. Um, we're not a cult. I mean, it'd be cool if we were, but we're just not one. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. But I mean, we're, we're a Jesus church. Our big deal here is Jesus. That's really it. We hang out with people and our, and our focus is Jesus, kind of it. And that'll be the answer to all the problems. You couldn't even say, man, I got a problem. We'll start with Jesus. And then after Jesus, I'll say, well, who do you run with? And I believe whoever you run with, you usually go in that direction. That's just reality. That's that's simple. Um, And so the week one, we we asked ourselves the question, who is Jesus? And we came up with the answer that Jesus is who he says that he is. Jesus is who he says that he is. Um, This past week, um, I I went to, we got to lunch, dinner time, and um, the football coach came in and said, hey, we, um, coaches, uh, there's something happened where a company or a group of people have gone after the school, saying that our coaches are praying with our players. Which I love that our coaches pray with our players, but they can't. And these coaches said, "You guys can pray for the meal, but we have to walk outside of this cafeteria for you guys to pray." And then the same thing happened. The football game. This this, this happened last year, and, and so as a as a as employees of, Orlando, of orange county public schools you can't pray well we've, these guys have gone after our coaches and said if you if you pray with them we're, it's going to be it'd be bad for you guys and the question that the thing about our coaches they know who jesus is i, I love that about our, our coach here and because he is who he says that he is he said we're going to pray we're going to talk to our god before we go out and play these games and our coaches answer the question who jesus says that he is and you have to answer the question who do you say that jesus is everyone has to answer that question and because Jesus is who he says he is, our coaches decided we're going to pray with our players, and now they can't. It stinks. And the moms are like, uh uh-uh. uh, oh, uh, no, you didn't. And um, it was about to get ugly in there. I-, I-, I loved it. You know, they're like, where are the guys at that said we can't pray? They're- they were looking for him. I think they're still looking for him, some of those moms. And uh, you don't want to mess with a mom. And her, her, these, these football players are huge, by the way. And these moms are like, you don't mess with my baby. I'm like, your baby's six foot four, 250 pounds. He ain't no baby no more like that. You don't want him to be a baby. These boys are, these are grown, stinking men. But they answer the question, who Jesus says he is. And I believe this. You answer the question, who do you say that Jesus is? It's a freeing, it's a freeing thing. Because whenever you decide who he is, whenever we know who Jesus is, then we can be who we're truly supposed to be. Isn't it freeing to be who you're supposed to be? Man, that feels, that's freeing. I've lived a lot of my life trying to make people happy. My biggest, my biggest drug of choice is getting people to like me. A second drug is coffee. But I just want people like me. It's been my whole entire life. My dad's right here. My mom's right there. Like, they'll tell you, man, Wes has tried to fit in his entire life. He wants people to like him. And I found out this, man, when I decided who Jesus was, it's made me a lot easier just to be who I'm supposed to be. I was telling Braden, one of our football players, that when I was young, I got in trouble all of the time. Well, Wes, how do you define all the time? Simple, all of the time. I got in trouble all the time. You guys can interview my parents right when we get on here. I was in trouble. My mouth was always going a thousand miles an hour. I have high school friends back here. It got me in trouble on the football field. It got me in trouble on the basketball field. It got me in trouble every area of my life. My mouth was in trouble. Now I use it for God's glory. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we believe this in our church. God can redeem anything. Anything that you've been through, we believe God can redeem it for His glory. Any tragedy that you've been through, God can redeem it. For His glory. So when you say who he is, Jesus is who he says that he is, and then I get to be who I'm supposed to be. And then week two, we looked at the fact that Jesus is calling you. And um, week one, um, Jesus is who he says he is. Week two, we looked at the fact that Jesus is calling you. And I believe you're here today because Jesus called you to be here. And here's the good thing about our church is we believe that God has a unique plan for every single one of you in this building here today. And we also have this saying to our church. We believe this, your best days are ahead of you. I'm not where I'm, here's what I'm glad about me. I'm not where I used to be, but I'm not where I'm going to be. There's, God's got more for me. God's got a, God's got a plan for me, and I'm, I'm going towards that. And wherever you're at in your life, whether, whether it's relationally or whether it's physically or whether it's your job, wherever you're in, whatever stage of life you're in, God's got more for you. God's got a better plan for you. And we're going to talk about that next week. But God's got a better for you, and God's got a best for you. And if you surrender your life to that calling, and here's the deal. You didn't call God. God's called you, and it's freeing. All you have to do is pick up the phone and say, God, what do you want? What do you have for me, God? I believe this that God God has a great plan for your life. And then today I wanna I wanna I wanna preach a sermon to you today called One More Chance. One more chance. Turn to the person next to you and say, One more chance. Turn to your second person on the other side of you and say, One more chance. (laughs) Isn't it freeing to get another chance? Isn't that freeing? Um, because my parents are here, they have to be, on their kid, and they're proud of me, so they have to be here. But man, when I was a kid, I got in trouble all the time. I say this all the time, and, and my parents are here, they can validate this, but I believe this. There was two days a year where I didn't get spanked. You're like, were you abused? It, the, today, yes, but back then it wasn't. <laughs> today, clearly it was child abuse. You can't Nowadays, you can't look at your kids the wrong way, or that's child abuse. But like, yes, I was abused as a child, and uh, I have the calluses to prove it, you know, like... <clears throat> But I would tell my dad and mom, mom, dad, just give me one more chance. Just give me one. I won't do it. If you just give me one, please, one more chance. Just give me one more chance. How many of you high school kids or middle school kids in here today, you've asked your parents, just give me one more chance? Yeah, you all have. And if you don't raise your hand, you just lied. You need to ask them for one more chance now. Like, we've all, we've all asked our parents one more chance. And don't be like, well, my kid's really, really good. <laughs> they might be really good, but they've, they, might have, they might have asked you for one more chance. But they needed you to give them one more chance. And it starts at a young age, doesn't it? My little daughter and son, when I put them down to change their diaper, they start kicking me. I don't like to be kicked. Even if it is by a one-year-old. I'll kick them back. I don't care, you know. And I'm just kidding, kind of. When, I, when my daughter looks at me like they're doing something they shouldn't do, they, and I'm like, hey, don't do that. No, no, no. No, no, no. They look at me like, come on. Well, man, it happened the other day. I've got, I've got an eight-year-old daughter. And uh, she's saved and awesome, and she loves Jesus. I got a four-year-old. He's not saved, and you can tell. Not even close. He's nowhere near. And uh, last week, I I taught our Next Steps class, and I told our our people that want to be a part of what we're doing here at Hope, and they want to get more involved, we have a a class called Next Steps. And I was telling them that, man, God has a plan, and God can use anything. And I said, just remember, like, when bad things happen, like, if you get a flat tire, be glad you at least have a car. Does that make sense? Like if your kid if your kid get if your kid gets injured, be glad that you actually have a kid that could get injured. You know what I'm saying? Like if your kid gets in trouble, mom and dad, at least you have a kid that could get in trouble. And that sounds so silly, but I have so many friends that they've tried to get they're trying so hard to have this to have a child, and, and they can't do it. So at least you have a kid to get in trouble. And I said it, I said this to the to, the, to the, our class last week. It could always be worse. Well, it happened to me. Like if you say stuff, it happens. I've got my four year old, and I hear my eight year old says trip come on. His name is Trip. What do you expect? You know, like, she says, okay, hey, come on. Now, Dinah's gone. She's practicing with her band, and we're uh, at, at our home church, and they walk in the room. It gets quiet. I hear, I hear jumping, and any good parent would go say, hey, guys, quit jumping, but I'm not a good parent on Sunday afternoons. I've been here since 7 a.m., <laughs> been up since 6, and not even God's up at 6 a.m., but I've been here since 7, and I'm, I'm doing my thing, and I'm here setting up, and trying to get out of breakdown, break the breakdown crew. And like, I'm doing my thing. And then I get up here and I, I teach. and I'm passionate about this. I love doing this. And then I go there and I teach another class for 45 minutes. And, and then I get home and I'm just exhausted. My wife's not there. My go-to, you know, my right-hand man. I'm like looking for Diana. She's nowhere to be found. She disappeared on me. And, and Tripp starts screaming. He runs me with his hand on his nose, just like this. Well, he's scraped the skin off of his nose. And, 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 it's, and he's damaged it. Look, uh, there's a kid on our football team. I think his name is Jeffrey. It, it, and he has this big thing on his nose from something. It looked like he had a football injury, man. He just got his nose crushed in and the skin is just there. And I'm like, oh, shoot. And I'm not worried about him getting hurt. I'm worried about explaining it to Diana. We're going to be real. We're going to be real this morning. We try to be. That's what I'm worried about. I'm going to get, what are you, for? Like, not talking to Trip, talking to me. I'm like, babe. And so I'm going to, so... It's bad, you know, and Hope's like, let's get him some ice. I'm like, he doesn't need ice. He needs stitches. Like, ice isn't going to help this. So, like, I like the skin, like, sits there. And it's not like gushing blood, parents. Like, I, I'm new at this. You know, I've only had one bloody nose in my life. He's got a bloody nose from the inside. But the skin's just laying there. And I'm like, you know, like, just stay there. Please don't fall off. Please don't fall off. Jesus, if you're up there, I think you are. Like, don't let the skin fall off. And, 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 I, and I thought to myself, this is, you got to be kidding me. An hour early, I'm just telling these people, hey, it could be worse. And then God's like, hey, watch this. Here's a good example for you. It could be worse. And I thought to myself, his eye could have been gouged out, right? It could have been way worse. And I go to the central care the next day because when you have four kids, you don't take them the same day. You take them the next day. And uh, <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? I don't know. <clears throat> so I take them, and I, I, I take them the next day. And she goes, it's not broke, but you got to go see a plastic surgeon. And I'm like. Can't we just pray and like God fix this? You know, like can't afford a plastic surgeon. You know, and so we went to our primary care physician. I think that was like two days later. And like, no, it looks good. It's fine. But I realized this man, it could always be. It, it could always be worse. And so I, my kids jump on the bed. And y- you would think he's done, right? <laughs> he's not. The other day I walk in that room and he's like, uh, looking at me like this. I'm like, you're jumping again. Like, do you remember last Sunday? Like. We're like six days removed. Well, the other day I'm getting on to, to my kid and and my four year, my eight-year-old has said it and now my four-year-old says to me, hey, dad, come on. Give me, they say, give me one more chance. I'll say stuff like this. If you're good, I'm gonna buy you a Slurpee. That's good parenting, by the way. Like you gotta barter with them. You know, these kids are tricky nowadays, right, Lee? They're freaking tricky. You gotta, you gotta have a good plan with these kids. These kids are smarter than they used to be. I mean, I was a knucklehead. My parents would be like, no. I'm like, all right, cool. Now these kids are like writing contracts up for you. My kids will walk up to me like a love letter, and they say, "Can you take me get a Slurpee?" What am I gonna say? No, absolutely not. They send me a, they give me a note that says, "I love you. You're the best dad in the world." I'm gonna take them wherever they want to go. So my son says, "Me dad," and they say it so fast. They they actually talk faster than me. They say, "Dad, dad, 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 dad." I say, "What? Just dad? Can you just give me one more chance?" I want to talk to you today about one more chance. And I believe this. We think sometimes, I think for us as, as, as people, sometimes we don't give our kids one more chance. But a lot of the times, don't we give them one more chance? Don't we give them a lot of chances? We give them all those chances. And here's, the same, here's what we've done, and here's this, this what we're going to talk about today. A lot of times we think that God, like the same way that we give chances, we think that God doesn't give chances. And it's so weird to me because when you read the Bible, you'll see this guy is full of a bunch of, he gives people, I I pray with our team today, Like I believe that God is a God of innumerable chances. He just, he gives us chance after chance after chance after chance. You want to know when he's going to be done giving us chances? You do? Okay, cool. When we get to heaven, that's what, because then we get there and we're perfect. But until then, you know how many chances he's going to give us? The title of my, the the, the paraphrase or the subtitle of my sermon is God, Jesus is the God of second and third chances. And when you walked into, you got a worship God, you can take notes if you want. You got that pen there and um, you can take notes there and you're like, man, that's not very much room for notes. I'm only going to say a few things you can write down, but man, I believe God is the God. Jesus is the God of second and third chances. I want to talk to you today um, out of a story in the Bible, John chapter 21. I'm going to read it in a moment, but can I give you a little backstory? Jesus is with his people his 12 closest friends and Jesus says to the people he kind of goes and has this moment He sits down We don't video we listen we post all of our podcasts. It's just audio So I don't have to stand up there. I can kind of sit down sometimes He's with his 12 closest friends probably looks more like this. He's with the band He says hey guys, I want you guys to know something I'm about to leave and they're looking at me like "Oh, if you guys are looking at me like man This we've only been, we're only five weeks old and this is the first time he's on the stage. This is creepy weird and so he says to his closest friend in this section, he says, hey, um, <clears throat> we're, I'm about to die. And here's the kicker. One of you guys is going to sell me out. And the guy's like, who's going to sell him out? And, and Jesus is like, don't worry about that. I got that. So they're gonna, he, you're going to sell me out. And so th- he has this dinner with them, and they're, and they're having food, and, and they're loving it. And they get done with the food, and sure enough, they walk out. A little bit later, it's hard to get up here with skinny jeans on, but they get up there, and they say to him, who is this guy that's going to sell him out? And it happens just the way Jesus says it's going to happen. These guys, the, these Roman soldiers come walking in, and Judas is there, and Judas says, hey, the one I kiss, it's him. Judas goes up and kisses Jesus, because back then it was cool to kiss guys, and now it's not. And so he goes up and he kisses this guy, and then he walks away from them and the Roman soldiers come in and they grab at the Jesus. Peter's there. Now week 1 of Jesus, they asked Jesus asked this same guy Peter, "Who do you say that I am, Peter?" And Peter says to him, "You are the Messiah. You are who you say you are." Now Peter's lived a, a Peter has hung out with Jesus for 3 years. "You are who you say you are, God." That's who you are. That's the same Peter's there. Week 2, Jesus is calling you. He called the same guy, Peter, to get out of this boat and walk on water. Peter gets out of this boat and Peter's the first guy recorded in history outside of Jesus, the only guy to walk on the water with Jesus is a guy named Peter. And Jesus says to Peter, hey, tells the guys at that same dinner, hey, Peter, you're going to deny me three times before tomorrow. So they all get there, they betray him. The guy walks in, Peter takes out his sword Peter cuts off one of the Roman soldiers' ears. <laughs> Best part of that story is this. Jesus goes, hey, bro, you dropped your ear. Jesus picks the ear up and says, hey, bro, I don't, he's, he's sorry about that. He's crazy. And uh, he's got all kinds of issues. And Peter, I love Peter because he has all kinds of issues. I can relate with that guy because I got all kinds of issues. He takes the ear, he slaps that back on, P, on, on the Roman soldier's ear, and it's, it's, it's brand new. And I believe to say, no matter no matter what you're going through, this this is free today. I believe that whatever you're going through, I believe Jesus can bring healing to your situation as well. I just believe that. I've seen God do some. Now we're five weeks old, and I've already seen God begin to heal in marriages and in lives and people and physically and emotionally and spiritually. Some of the some of us in this room here would say, for five years, we've just wandered. We've just have wandered, and we can't make. Like, it's, it's so refreshing to have people. I mean, and I and I, I love this church, and it's, it's hard to love something that's only five weeks old, um, unless you're a mom. You're like, you love that baby at five weeks old. I don't get that until they're like two or three when they can actually talk and hang out with you. But like, nonetheless, moms love that. But we're five weeks old, and this is a baby church, and we just love it. And so so many stories. There's people driving from Castleberry to come to church here every single week. And I always say this. I wouldn't drive from Castleberry to go to this church. I wouldn't drive 50 minutes an hour People are driving across town to come here because they're looking for something and that something is not a person. That person is, is Jesus. And in this story, Jesus heals this guy's ear. So Jesus dies. Three days later, Peter denies him three times. Jesus dies. He raised again three days later. Now that he's up and walking around again, the disciples have now seen Jesus three times. Okay? Are you tracking with me? He he dies. He raised again three days later, and now he's out walking around, which is creepy. Walking dead. That's where they got that show from, the Bible. Ecclesiastes says, there's nothing new under the sun, and they are right. The walking dead started a long time ago. And now they've seen him three times, and in John chapter 21, we're going to get into our text, and then I'm going to, Backtrack next week, but this is what I want to talk to you about today. The second and third chances. Jesus, he sees the boys fishing again. They get done fishing. We're gonna. I'm gonna explain the whole story to you next week. Peter jumps out of the boat and swims to shore, and Jesus is now making all the disciples breakfast, the best food they've ever had, guaranteed. And their fr- isn't doesn't food taste better in good circumstances. Have you ever been disappointed and, like, had to go eat right after? Or he's like, oh, this, I don't even want to eat this. You're like, oh, this, this would taste better. Like, it just, like, or it tastes better when it's free. You know what I'm saying? Like, every high school or middle school kid should say amen because all your meals are free. Like, so he's like, they had this really, really good meal that Jesus fix. After breakfast, Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And that's weird for dudes to say. Hey, I walk up to Frey. Hey, bro, you love me? Wouldn't that be weird? Just nod your head. Yes. You're like, it's okay because you know Frey. I, I went, to high school with Frey. Like, it's that's normal. But if I walked up to someone I didn't know, like, hey, bro, you love me? He'd be like, bro, I, yo, I gotta find a new church. <laughs> you took it too far. And 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 Peter says to him, God, yes, yes, Lord, you know I love you. <clears throat> then he says, then feed my lambs. And that's weird. Jesus told him, "Very verse 16, he says this to him. Jesus repeats the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he says, yes, God, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time, he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now Peter's ticked off. Peter was a little bit hurt that Jesus asked him this question a third time. He said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, then feed my sheep. Jesus is trying to prove a point here. Okay? And that's why he's asking him this. The first time he asked him, he said, do you love me? It's like the unconditional agape love the first time. The second time, it's agape love again. Like, how do you know this? I study this. I studied really, really good today, this week. He says, I yeah, I love you. The third time he says, Do you love me? It's the Phileo love or the, the Philadelphia love or the brotherly love. Do you love me? Three times, do you like love me like unconditionally love me? Yeah, God. Do you love me like Peter like do you do you like love me unconditionally? Yeah, God. The third time he's like, Do you love me like a friend even? And now Peter's like, Man, what's going on? And the verse says here, verse verse 18, I tell you the truth. Um, when you were when you were young, you're able to do just like you liked you dress yourself you went wherever you wanted to go but then when you were but when you were old you'll stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go jesus said this to let him know what kind of death he would glorify that he would glorify god then jesus said to him follow me when Jesus first began Peter's life. Now Jesus is about to this is the one of their this is their last conversation. I love I love John chapter 21. This is extra. I'm not going to read anymore. John chapter 21, the very last verse the Bible says this. There aren't that's the end it says. That's the end. But it says this, there aren't enough books in the world to capture all of Jesus' life. Is that a pretty clear picture? Like you can get my life in like a small little pamphlet. Jesus' life, there's not enough room to capture his entire life in all the books in the entire world. Three years prior, let me let me let me catch you back up one more time. Three years prior, Jesus goes to Peter and says, Peter, I want you to follow me. And Peter said, Okay, I'll do it. I'll go follow you. I get it. You are who you say you are. He followed him. It was fun for him to follow him. I mean, it walked on water. He walked on water. Wouldn't that be awesome? If I told you, hey, if you go with me today to my house, we're going to go to my community pool, and you're going to walk on water. Or we're going to go to Dave's house, because Dave's house is always open for a party. We're going to Dave's house, and you're going to walk on water at Dave's house. Who wouldn't want to go with me? I could talk anyone into going with me. <clears throat> You'd go with me. He goes, okay, I'm in. He follows him without even knowing. So three years, follow me. Three. My Bible. I wrote down the, the. I wrote down just the number. I wrote the, the number three. Three years he followed Jesus every single where he went. The last conversation he has with them, he says to them, "Peter, you're going to deny me three times." Not me, Jesus. I love you. He comes up alive again. Jesus shows himself to the disciples how many times? Three times. When Jesus is in this conversation with Peter, he says, Peter, do you love me? You know I do. Peter, do you love me? You know I do. Let me rephrase the question. Peter, do you love me? Like, friendly? Yes, I love you. And then he says something right here. He says, then follow me. Doesn't a lot happen between the first follow me and the last follow me? Hey, hasn't a lot happened in your life? from the first time you said, I'm going to follow Jesus, or from the time you were three, or from the time that you were 33, or from the time that you were 43, or 53, or 63. No one's older than 63 here. <laughs> like, isn't it, is, doesn't a lot happen? Can I tell you what's happened all throughout there? God has given you second chance and third chance. And it sounds silly, but every line, that he's given you fourth chance. He's given you a fifth chance. He's giving you a sixth chance. And when you read the Bible, you see Jesus giving chance after chance, after chance, after chance. And here's what I can't, you know what what blows my mind? I can't get why more people don't want to follow him. Why wouldn't you want to come and hang out with Jesus on a Sunday morning or on Monday morning when you open up your Bible or on Tuesday morning when you open up your Bible or if you forget Wednesday, well, like I do a lot or you Thursday morning. Why wouldn't you want to hang out in the morning when this guy's just always giving you chances? It's like I tell all these moms to hang out with them. I tell you all these football moms, they're like, man, I just can't get my kid to love me like he did when he was two. I'm like, they changed. But here's the good news. I hated everything my dad told me when I was 15. But now I'm 25. I started changing a little bit. I'm not 25. When I got 25, I started changing a little bit. But now I'm 30, 33 years old and I'm singing all the same things I hated hearing him say to me. Moms and dads, they're not gonna need you. They think they don't need you in this age of their life, but they're going going to. And the older you get, the further you get closer to attorney. And when you're you're gone, moms and dads, you're just a freebie for you. You'll appreciate this. When you're gone, they're going to miss you so sick and bad. But we give our kids chance after chance after chance. And Bible says that Jesus looks at us like we're his kids and he gives us chance after chance after chance after chance. Why wouldn't we want to hang out with that God? Maybe for some people, we think, I think for me, I grew up in a culture where I thought God was like, if you don't do this and you don't do this and you don't do this, I'm not going to love you. Isn't that silly? When you read the Bible, you says, God says, hey, you're going to do all this, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, and I'm still going to love you. And when Christ died for you, all of your sins were all future. How did you know that, Wes? Well, because it happened thousands of years ago. Like, all of this, all, this all, the, all the sin that you have done in your life were all future sins. Let me give you a couple things and we're going to be done. I'm going to wrap it up right here. Let me open up my notes. Here's the first thing I want you to write down. If you're taking notes, <clears throat> God's God of second chances and third chances. Here's, here's what you and I have to do. Okay. Cause that's who he is. Here's what you got to do. You've got to listen to the right voices. You got to listen to the right voices. The day hope said, Hey buddy, come on trip. Let's go jump on the mattresses. I should have said no, but I didn't. I should have. This is all my fault. I feel terrible. I'm repenting to you guys today, but I didn't. You, if you're going to realize that God is, God, God is, Jesus is the God of second, third chances, you've got to listen to the right voices. And here's a good voice not to listen to. You can't listen to you, sometimes you can't listen to yourself. Isn't that weird? You know who sometimes our biggest enemies are? Us. You know what Jesus calls you? Jesus calls you son and daughter. You know what Satan calls you? He calls you your sin. If you've been drunk once, Jesus calls you this. Or five times or a hundred times. Je- Peter calls you a drunkard. Peter and Peter. Satan calls you a drunkard. You ever look at something you shouldn't look at? You're, you're, you're a filthy, rotten sinner. You, you have the worst eyes in the world. You ever gone somewhere you thought, man, I shouldn't be going here? This is a bad idea. This is over the edge. Jesus, or Satan says, all you are is a guy that goes over the edge. You're, you're just a, you're a jerk. You're, that's what Satan calls you. You know what Jesus calls you? Son and daughter. you got to listen to the right voices. Satan calls you bad names, and then you pick up on them, and you've taken those same things. You're a quitter. Oh, I'm a quitter. You, whatever people say to you, you repeat that. I've seen parents, I've been a youth pastor for eight years, I've seen parents decapitate and paralyze their kids' legs. Not with, with a few words. You're a loser. You're never going to mount to anything. You're a piece of work. And so that kid that kid takes on who they, that parent says that they are. We, as a, as a community, as as a, as a group of believers, we got to listen to the right voices. And a good voice to listen to is the word of God. You've got to listen. And the only way to hear from them is you got to pick this thing up and, 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 look, at, and look at it. Some of my closest friends I've known for five weeks. Like that's weird. I met him at this church. You know what? A lot of them. They are, this message is speaking to them right now. They're in this room. You know what? A lot of them are. They listen to the voice that other people say to them, and and the haters or or the people that are not out not that aren't for them. And I love this church. One of our core values is to be an encourager. Our core is to encourage you. When you fall and you make a mistakes, you know a good place for you to be at if you, something happens between now and next you know a good place for you to be at is to come back in here next week. And you don't gotta confess your sins to me. You gotta talk to God about that. But you can say, hey, Wes, could you walk through this with me? I'm walking through some people right now. I'm walking through some things with people in this room right now that I met five weeks ago. It's freeing to have the right kind of voices in your life. When I tell these moms, hey, they're gonna need you one day, like, oh, thank you. Oh, we've gotta listen to the right voices. Here's the second thing to write down. The second thing is this, you gotta leave the baggage behind you. You gotta leave the baggage behind. Isn't it awesome when you get home from a flight and you finally get that suitcase, you know, packed away? Isn't that awesome? We you know what most of you do and don't lie. You unpack it or you don't unpack it, but that suitcase stays in that room a lot longer than it should. Come on. My wife left, uh, she, she went for a two day trip and she took a suitcase and um, it was like, it was short. I don't know how long the suitcase is going to stay in my house. It doesn't matter. But I know it'll stay longer than she wanted it to stay longer for. Because we got an eight-year-old and a four-year-old. And we got twins. And my nutso family is going to come over after church today. Put holes in the hole. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Try to hide from them as long as I could. They're going to come to my house. Life happens. Here's what we do, man. We just like, it's like we get home from a trip. And we just like, that back stays there forever, doesn't it? We just look at it. Hey, can you do yourself a favor today? Leave the baggage here. Quit walking around that baggage. God doesn't want you to have the baggage. He already died for the baggage. You know know the one person that wants you to have that baggage? It's Satan. He wants to remind you of your past. Jesus doesn't... Hey, write this down. You can tweet it. You can write it down. Jesus does not care about your past. And when you wake up this week and life happens, and someone reminds you, you know what you've been... What you did... Can you just open up your worship guide and say, well, that's funny. Because the pastor said that Jesus doesn't care about your past. And he actually proved it from John chapter 21, where he gave Peter over and over and over multiple chances. Let's leave the baggage behind. Man, it's silly. Would it be silly if I walked in here today? I, I, I come here in, 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 in street clothes and then I change into this, what I wear here today. Would it be silly if I walked around that bag the whole entire time I was setting up, pipe and drape and trying not to set a pipe and drape. Wouldn't it be silly if I walked around with that bag? you like, do you look silly? Hey, can I say, is she like a brother or a sister or like a cousin that you can't get rid of? It looks silly carrying the bag around. And you just keep on reminding yourself of the bags? It's silly. It's silly. I mean, maybe you need to write that down. It looks silly carrying around the bags. <laughs> If things didn't end up the way that you thought they were going to end up, it's okay with God. And and here's one more thing. i got to be done. It's like I'm not going to see you next week. I just want to keep on talking to you. But here's the, write this down. This is important. It's okay to not be okay. Just feels good saying that. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. One of, my, one of my friends is in here today, and he said, Man, I just I've chased sports my entire life, and it's just not going where I thought it would go. I'm just not okay with that. I'm not okay with God that that God ended that that this thing in my life that I love so much. I'm not okay with that. And whenever he told me that, I'm like, man, you got to feel good. He's like, it's nice to tell someone that cares about me that I'm not okay. If you're not okay, it's okay. It's okay to not be okay. If you, you know, maybe you like carrying the baggage around. <laughs> It'd be a good, it would do you justice to say, you know what I mean? I just like carrying it around. I don't know why do it. It's stupid. I know. I just like carrying it around. <laughs> that sounds stupid saying that, but sometimes it's like we do like carrying it around. They wrote a song for everyone in this room here today. It came out in a Disney movie. It's called Let It Go. And today's your day to let it go. Hey, um, here's the deal. We bring people here because we want them to have an opportunity to be saved. That's why we invite people to come here. Because we believe this. We can't change you, but we know a guy who can change you. And he doesn't want anything from you. He has a lot for you. He wants nothing from you. He has a lot for you. And he wants you to have salvation. Salvation. Jesus wants you today we, you were invited here today or by your friend or maybe someone how you got here but Jesus wants you to be saved today I told you we're at Jesus Church and the way that you're saved the Bible says there's one way to be saved and that's to go through Jesus it's just to go straight through Jesus and to the foot of the cross the Bible tells us in his word that we're all sinners we've all fallen short of God's glory there's only one perfect person his name is Jesus and that's why it's such a good place to be here because everyone is a sinner when I see Freely. I see a sinner. When Fraley sees me, he sees a really, really big sinner, because he, he knows me a lot longer than all of you guys have. He we I see it, we're sinners. You know what Jesus sees when he sees you? Those of you guys that are believers in your today, he sees you loved, son, daughter, child of God, child of the king. He wants you to so the Bible says that we're all sinners. The Bible also tells us if we believe in Jesus, then we can be saved. How do I do that, Wes? How do I believe in Jesus? The Bible says that you confess to Jesus that he's the Lord. Peter had to have that encounter. Peter walked with Jesus every day and Jesus says, hey, who do, you, do you believe me? You have to confess, the Bible says. You've got to confess, Jesus, I need you to be Lord of my life. The lights are going to come down. No one's looking around. I'm going to give you an opportunity to be saved. That's, what, that's why we brought you here today. You can bow your head and close your eyes. No one's looking around. The lights are going to go down in the house. No one will be able to see you. I want to give you an opportunity to be saved today. Thanks for listening to today's message. Visit us at hopewintergarden.com to connect with us.